Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. And we're going to put on the spotlight now Rich Preston, senior world news reporter <laughs> and presenter at the BBC. Rich, you're in the spotlight. Let's just talk about what's happening around the world this week. In Kenya, people are going to the polls tomorrow to vote for a president. Who is running? What's at stake? And why do we need to care about this? Well, this matters, uh, Tim and Melissa, because Kenya is one of Africa's biggest economies. It's the sixth largest on the continent, but it's one of the continent's most important democracies, along with Nigeria and South Africa. It really has a grip on that. And especially in its region, in East Africa, you know, its neighbors, Somalia, Ethiopia, Tanzania, have got various issues going on which question their stability. So Kenya, really the most influential country in that part of Africa. Polls open at 6 o'clock local time tomorrow morning. That's 11 a.m. for you guys in Singapore. Mm. There are four candidates, but two frontrunners, William Ruto and Ryla Odinga. William Ruto is the current deputy president. Ryla Odinga is the main opponent to the current president. Let me tell you a bit about the current president first. His name's Uhuru Kenyatta. He's been in office since 2013. Various scandals in his time, including being accused of organizing attacks on supporters of Raila Odinga after the 2007 election. He was uh, nearly indicted by the International Criminal Court and the British and American governments warned Kenyans against voting for him. He always refuted those accusations. Now, the reason I mention his past is because in this election campaign, Mr. Kenyatta is not supporting his vice president, William Ruto. He's supporting Raila Odinga. That Mm. is huge in Kenya. That would be like Donald Trump coming out and telling his supporters to vote for Hillary Clinton. It's (laughs) not. So why has he done this? Well, it depends on who you talk to. President Kenyatta is the son of Kenya's first ever president. And if you talk to William Ruto... This is all about political dynasties because Raila Odinga is also from one of Kenya's two largest and two richest political dynasties. So William Ruto says this is about consolidating power among a select few families, the political elite keeping the power for themselves, and it's resulted in angry scenes and accusations and allegations being thrown back and forwards between the president and his vice president. William Ruto is not from one of these political families. He grew up by the side of the road selling chicken. Mm. Um, And that's his main angle. He says he's for ordinary Kenyans, the poor, the rural. He wants to support young people. Unemployment is huge in Kenya, so that's a big deal. And he's coined the phrase hustler nation. Raila Odinga, on the other hand, long, long experienced uh, politician, decades in the political amphitheater. And he says that that's his main strength. He says he'll boost manufacturing, boost uh, industrialization, create jobs, uh, provide a monthly stipend for the neediest families. But that experience he's playing on might work against him. He is 77 years old, and this is Mm. his fifth attempt at the presidency. And as I mentioned, he's seen as being part of that old political elite out of touch with the lives of real Kenyans. Mm. And as we've seen elsewhere in the world, often people do push back against that. Donald Trump is a prime example. People voting for someone who says they're a real person fighting for real people getting power Mm. away from the political elite. Now, opinion polls suggest William Ruto will win a majority of the vote, but he has to win more than 50%. 
If no one wins more than 50%, it goes to a runoff vote later down the line. Mm. Okay, now can we come closer to this uh, Asia uh, right now and talk a bit about what's happening between China and Taiwan? It looks like tensions are going to be dominating for a while yet. We've seen China renew its military exercise and now Taiwan saying that it's going to you know, start doing its own military drills as well. Yeah, yeah, this, this is not a story that's going to go away anytime soon, Melissa. And let's start with that military activity because, of course, those were due to end yesterday and China has continued them. It says it is its legal right to do so. It says Taiwan is part of its territory. It's acting within international law. But of course, it's just creating this tension in the region. I mean, we've seen politicians from Singapore have to react to this. Likewise, South Korea, the Philippines, Japan, it's just generally a bit unsettling, particularly because Beijing mustered these troops with just a few hours' notice. It was how quickly it happened that really, really impacted. In addition, there's the diplomatic front. Now, China, as we know, has pulled back on various diplomatic fronts with the US. Ultimately, we're talking about the world's two most powerful countries here. And if you put aside their ideological differences, these countries need to be able to have an open dialogue. Otherwise, it's stalemate for the whole world. Climate is a big one. Beijing has said it will not talk to Washington on Mm. issues to do with climate change. Global trade is another one. International development is another one. China's angry at America, but America is unlikely to back down. The US accuses Beijing of being irresponsible on these fronts. So we're going to keep an eye on this standoff. And especially how it impacts Taiwan's trade. Most of the world's technology is powered by computer chips Mm -hmm. made in Taiwan. If these military drills continue in what is a huge commercial shipping lane, it could start to impact Taiwan getting these silicon chips out of the country, which could have a knock-on effect on the rest of us around the world. Within Taiwan, the effect it's having there is it's pushing up resentment towards Beijing. Now, it used to be the case that many people in Taiwan would have said they had split heritage. They were part Taiwanese, Mm. part Chinese. Mm. But that's changing. Fewer and fewer people are identifying with their Chinese heritage, and more people are saying they are just Taiwanese. So this Mm. is backfiring Mm. on Beijing, and we'll have to keep an eye on that. You're also keeping an eye, of course, I am sure, on the situation happening between Israel and Palestine. Now, a ceasefire seemed to be holding after a weekend of violence, but how long will this last? Well, that's really the big question uh, and the million-dollar question, Tim, Mm -hmm. because we've seen these ceasefires come and go. Now, Israel, in its attacks on Palestinian territory, said it was targeting a group called the Islamic Jihad in Palestine. Palestine, the PIJ. Mm-hmm. Now, what it also said was that its strikes were successful. It said it took out a number of key leaders from the PIJ. It said it wasn't targeting Palestinian people um, and that Palestinian people should be grateful that Israel was taking out these terrorists, of course. Palestinian Authority said Israel was targeting indiscriminately and pointed to the number of civilians who were hit as well. This ceasefire is holding at the moment. It's just how long it holds for. In the past, sometimes it's a matter of hours, sometimes a matter of days or weeks. Mm. This is the most tense it's been really for a couple of years, a year or so, really. And so people around the world, you know, the the U.S. State Department was calling on all sides to to hold this ceasefire uh, and to, to, to continue talking rather than fighting. We're hoping, of course, it will hold out for longer than just a few days, but only time will tell.
Okay. Do we have time to light on uh, light of to course. end on something light? We do. Of course, we do. <laughs> flowers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about some flowers. Then let's end on a positive story. Um, so let's let's go to Belgium because uh, this Friday the Brussels flower carp begins. It mm. normally happens every two years. Of course, for the last two years, it hasn't happened because of COVID. Mm. Uh, it's an incredible sight. This is its 50th year and more than 1,600 square meters of the Grand Place in Brussels. Tim, I know you're a well-traveled man. I'm sure you've <laughs> been there. Um, it's entirely covered in begonias, dahlias, yeah. chrysanthemums in particular. It makes this beautiful artwork. Uh, the theme this year is going back to the first ever flower carpet, the arabesque carpet. Beautiful mm. patterns and colors. Um, and of course, it's 2022. This is highly Instagrammable. In my <laughs> advice, when it comes mm. to Friday, when you're looking ahead to the weekend, open up Instagram, open up your social media and search for the Brussels flower carpet and you're sure to see some beautiful sights. Actually, mm. I've never been to Brussels. And the thing you is, Rich, now you're telling us. I've been to Brussels, skipping Bruges. You're telling us like four days ahead of the show. <laughs> I'm sure we can still make it, Melissa, if we uh, hmm, are... <laughs> We're not delayed by all the travel delays, which reminds me, now that oh, yeah, we still have true. time, Rich, how are the travel delays in your part of the world? Are they easing or are they still the same from the last time we talked about this? Well, it depends which way you slice it and dice it, because the airlines will say they're easing, but consumers will say, well, they're only easing because you've cancelled all these flights. One of the big issues, of course, is staffing, not just with people going sick and coronavirus, but the number of people that have been laid off because of economic issues has caused airlines to cut hundreds of flights in the UK and in Europe, you know, airlines like British Airways, huge operators. But we've seen this around the world as well. Qantas, nearer your neck of the woods, mm -hmm. is making its senior managers work <laughs> as baggage handlers to help with the backlog and to deal with the staffing issues. Well, it was so their problem is, too, right? So they should <laughs> sort of Well, absolutely, yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, we're, we're seeing this still continuing. It's school summer holidays here in Britain at the moment, and it has caused issues for a number of families as they've tried to travel. The airlines say they're doing their best to keep on top of it. We'll see how well that continues, mm. especially as people start to need to travel again for work once the schools go back. Mm. Well, we'll see how it yeah. goes when summer ends and maybe travel would ease a little bit. Yeah, but then there's the winter months coming up. Well, they have enough time, enough weeks to actually start <laughs> Get hiring. Get yeah, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And hoping for the best when the winter travel season mm. finally mm. is here. Rich, thank you very much for sharing all these yes. information with us. We'll be watching all of this for the weekend, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Ciao. Thanks, guys. Good to speak to you. Rich okay. Preston is a senior world reporter at BBC World and a presenter at the BBC as well. Joining us here on primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.